Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. So glad that uh, you're here today. Hope that you're ready to consider some truths from the Word of God. Hope you're having a great day already. We're in uh, Jeremiah chapter 4, as uh, those of you that faithfully listen already know. And we're talking about the importance of heartfelt repentance. I think we've mentioned before on the podcast that repentance is something that starts on the inside. It's literally a change of mind and a true change of mind. We say today that person had a change of heart. That, that's repentance. But it's only valid if it leads to a change of action. So repentance, in essence, is not a change of action. It's a change of mind. But true repentance will always produce a change of action, kind of like faith. Faith and works are not the same. Faith is not works. But true faith will always produce works. That's the teaching of James chapter 2, that faith without works is dead. We demonstrate faith by works. So the point is not that we're saved by faith and works. No, that would be heretical. That would actually be a form of legalism, that we're adding works to salvation. So we are not saved by faith and works. The Bible makes that demonstrably clear. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, and many other passages. So we're not saved by faith and works, but we are saved by a faith that works. And I hope you understand the difference there. So here in Jeremiah chapter 4, we're dealing with backsliding Judah. And Jeremiah calls for a change of heart. Break up that fallow ground. You know, deal with the circumcision of your heart. Or else, or else what? Or else judgment will come. So don't look at that punitively. There, there's not, a, there's not a, an element of, of punishment in the judgment of God upon his people. There's, it's, it's chastisement. It's or else I'm going to have to shake you in a different way. I'm going to have to convince you in a more uncomfortable way. See, God's primary way and preferred way of getting our attention is by calling our attention through his word, through his prophets. But if we refuse to hear his prophets, if we refuse to hear his word, then God does have other ramped up ways by which to get our attention. And that's the point that we're going to see today. So Jeremiah chapter four, and look, if you would please, at verse number five, where Jeremiah says, declare ye in Judah and publish in Jerusalem and say, blow ye the trumpet in the land, cry, gather together and say, assemble yourselves and let us go into the defensed cities. So what you have in verse five is you have a siren. You have an emergency siren. Some of you history buffs remember the bombing of London during World War II and how the air raid sirens would go off and people would immediately 
black out other homes and go to the bomb shelters. It was the siren that caused the, the movement. It was an immediate emergency signal. Uh, maybe you live somewhere in Tornado Alley listening to this podcast. You know well what those tornado sirens are and how when they go off, don't mess around. Get to a safe spot immediately. So the point here is that when the trumpet blast went off, the blast of emergency, that meant that the scouts had detected an, an invading army and time was of the essence. And it's important now to drop what you're doing, change your priorities, get to a defense place because the, the enemy is now approaching. So it's a siren call. It's an emergency beacon in verse number five. Verse number six, set up the standard toward Zion. The standard here would refer to the, to the flag, the, uh, the banner. So set up the standard toward Zion, retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and great destruction. The idea of, of retiring means take refuge. Uh, don't, don't delay be urgent about this. Get to a safe place. So both the verses, five and six, are helping us to understand that something big is happening. Something dangerous is approaching. The, uh, the destruction is imminent. So the, this is a really, really uh, urgent couple of verses. And watch what it says there. I will bring evil from the north and great destruction. So if you ever have the opportunity to visit Jerusalem, you'll know that the only way really by which strategically to attack Jerusalem is from the north. It's naturally defended on the east and the west and the south. It's really from the north that Israel is, or rather Jerusalem, is vulnerable. And indeed, for the many times Israel has been attacked, it's always been attacked from the north, I, I think, except for maybe one or two times. So the point here is that the armies of the enemy are coming. What is this a reference to? Well, this is really a reference, a prophetic reference to the fact that God will judge Judah and that judgment will come from Babylon. And that judgment came indeed in three separate invasions about which we've spoken here several times. Uh, a, an initial invasion in 605, a follow-up invasion of 597, but really the granddaddy invasion of 586, when the fenced city, when the walled city, when the secure city of Jerusalem was overrun, when the temple was destroyed, when stone was not left upon stone, when people were killed, murdered. I mean, it was just bad. Now, it didn't have to happen. The people of God could have listened to Jeremiah. They could have listened to Zephaniah. They could have listened to Habakkuk. They could have listened uh, to the word of God and to the predictions of God, but they did not. And so God allowed this. That was the whole complaint that Habakkuk gave in the, his first chapter of his book when he said, Lord, look at how bad society is. Look at how bad our people are, how wicked they are, how backslidden they are. And God said, I know, I've seen it. And Habakkuk said, well, Lord, aren't you going to do something about it? 
And the Lord said, yeah, I am. But if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. But, but since you asked, I'll go ahead and tell you. I'm going to use the Babylonians. I'm going to use the Chaldeans to attack and to chastise my people. To which Habakkuk said, no, Lord, you can't do that. I mean, they're worse than we are. God, you're better than that to use the Chaldeans to attack us. You're better than that, Lord. And Lord, we're better than that. We're better than they are. That doesn't seem fair. And the Lord said, see, I told you you wouldn't believe it. I told you you wouldn't understand. And the rest of Habakkuk, the next two chapters, is God helping them to understand that sometimes God uses situations and circumstances and even enemies of believers to teach us lessons. And we can't look at it necessarily at face value. We've got to see what God is doing in deeper purposes. And that's what Jeremiah is talking about here, that God is going to allow this foreign entity to come in and attack from the north, and it's going to be an utter destruction. Look at verse number seven. The lion has come up from his thicket. So here, Babylon is symbolized by this lion. The lion has come up from his thicket and the destroyer, what a word, and the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate and thy city shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. For this gird you with sackcloth, lament, howl, for the fierce anger of the Lord is not turned back from us. So it's coming. It's going to be bad. Like a lion would attack a, almost a, a defenseless prey. It'll be the nation of Babylon coming against you. And you ought to weep about this. You ought to repent and cry for mercy because you have brought this upon yourselves. So really difficult things for the people of God to hear. And yet Jeremiah faithfully proclaims this message. Jeremiah says, it's coming. And it's coming not because God hates you, but because God loves you. And it's coming not because it was an inevitable judgment. It's coming because you, in essence, invited this judgment by disobeying the word of God over the course of much time and much long suffering. And so, wow, what a, uh, what a series of, of, of negative things we're reading here in these verses. We're going to jump into verse 9 next time. I think that's probably enough time for today. So uh, thanks for listening. As always, appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, resuming here tomorrow at verse number 9. Until then, I really do hope you have a great day in the Lord, and we'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.